we're going to start with an easy question just to get to know you a little bit. So can you give me your elevator pitch about your business? Sure. So uh, we are owners and operators of what they call direct current fast charging EV stations. So that's just a very fancy name for superchargers. So we built out uh, last year in Oklahoma, what is the first comprehensive statewide network in the country. Uh, so that effectively means every 50 miles in Oklahoma now has a supercharger that places Oklahoma free nationally in terms of superchargers installed. And it's the third largest network in the country. That's cool. So, yeah. Um, so that's our business. We also, um, you know, came from the solar side and still continue to do solar, um, but not part of our kind of um, supercharging kind of platform. It's become a very small part of our business, but it still certainly is part of our DNA. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about the, the chargers. That's always fascinating. I don't own an electric car yeah. myself, but uh, range anxiety is a real issue. Would you say that you've kind of probably alleviated some of that here in Oklahoma? Yeah. So, you know, like any good kind of entrepreneur or business, you always look for kind of problems in the market. And the immediate problem that we saw in the electric vehicle market was the lack of infrastructure. So there's quite literally uh, $500 billion going into EV technology, meaning the batteries in the cars and the cars themselves. Very little of that is going towards infrastructure. So you have um, Tesla, which we kind of equate to, it's a good analogy um, to kind of the Apple. Um, they're all closed source. So uh, only Tesla drivers can use the Tesla superchargers. So that was kind of a huge problem in the market because we know there's literally gonna be hundreds of car manufacturers in the next five, 10 years coming out um, with electric vehicles and they would not be able to use the Tesla superchargers. So um, we solved that problem. We um, developed and installed universal chargers. So any car in the world can use them, including Tesla drivers. And um, we solved the range anxiety issue, meaning um, no one's going to buy a car if there's no infrastructure to fuel them, if they're away from their home. So we solved it in Oklahoma, range anxiety. Every 50 miles, there's a charger, so no one's going to be stuck on the roads. Now we're trying to expand into literally 30 states as we speak, just to build the network out from Oklahoma. I kind of want to know a little bit more about like the stops. Are they kind of like gas station type stops? Or are you partnering with like attractions? What's sort of the strategy for placement? So, you know, really they can go anywhere. Um, so it, it's really a, um, you know, anyone with a parking lot can be a host for, of a charger. There's different speeds, kind of rates of um, electrification. Um, with these chargers. So there's some chargers that can charge in 60 minutes. So, you know, those are, are perfectly applicable to um, a lot of like small towns. We've done a lot of rural development. And we basically said, 
you know, we'll bring a charger here, pay for everything, and it's going to cause basically drivers that have been stuck on the highways at the travel stops at the gas stations, they're going to have to come into your town to charge. And by the way, they're going to be captive there for about 60 minutes. Um, whereas when we go to the travel stops on the highways, no one wants to wait 60 minutes to charge their car. Um, so that's where we've put in super duper chargers. You know, we got to call them something mm -hmm. at some point. And they can charge cars in seven to nine or 10 minutes. So that's very much equivalent to, you know, current kind of gas stations. But the, the interesting thing about this market, it's not going to develop the same way gas stations develop. Because um, quite simply, you don't need as many out there as you do gas pumps because people can charge their car at home, typically at night. Mm -hmm. Um, which is where about 90% of the charging is going to take place. So this public infrastructure is really meant for people that are away from home, driving cross country, um, or they're just out and about and there's a charger available. Let's say they're about to go into a grocery store and there's a charger there that can charge cars in 40 minutes. So we have a, a lot of those. Um, they're probably going to charge whether they absolutely critically need to or not. So it, it's mostly the uh, public infrastructure is not going to look the same as, as what the gas dispensing infrastructure looks like. Um, really, they're going to be ubiquitous. They're going to be everywhere and anywhere. So when you're at the office or you're at the grocery store, or you're eating a meal, the intent is there'll be a charger somewhere that you can plug into. That's but it won't be, it won't be, it, you know, there won't be like six chargers on one corner and six chargers on another corner, like you see in the gas space. And there's a variety of reasons for that. It's just not the way the market's going to, going to develop. That's going to be certainly helpful getting around and just taking road trips. Uh, I, I want to rewind just a little bit. And uh, you mentioned this is kind of a more of a sort of grew out from the a solar business. I'd uh, like to learn a little bit more about that. Yeah, so, you know, we're, we're quite young. So we started in 2015. So we're only about five years old. And we started um, really trying to develop solar in Oklahoma. Um, not just the big utility scale farms, but, you know, commercial rooftops and residential rooftops. And, you know, what we discovered is the market in Oklahoma is very tough. And... It's, it's not so much the political headwinds, and there, were pl there was plenty of that in 2015, 2016, and, and on. It's mostly a function of our electricity prices, which are so low that it's very difficult, even with solar costs coming down significantly, as they have been over the last you know, 10 years, still very hard for them to pencil out. So it's, it's kind of a function of the market we're in. So we, we kind of decided um, to go down to Texas to do a bunch of this residential work. Um, and we did that for about two years. Um, and in fact, uh, we're involved with a major, like the largest eco community in the country that uh, is, is being built north of Austin. And all the homes are uh, what they call net zero capable. They won't say they're totally net zero but net zero capable, meaning they have geothermal, 
they have solar, high efficiency appliances, blah, blah, blah. We were awarded the contract to do solar on all 7,500 homes. Wow. Um, so it was, you know, huge, huge deal. The problem is they didn't sell, the, the developers weren't able to sell enough homes. So it was very difficult to kind of, from a volume perspective, um, to, to kind of do all of it. They're only, I think, three years in, they've only built like 300 homes. Mm. And they were supposed to be at like 2,500 by now. So anyway, long story short, we started noticing that a lot of our customers down there were buying Teslas. This was about in 2018. No place to, no, no, no way to charge them even at home. So we uh, kind of got into the electric vehicle space by partnering with Tesla and installing these home residential Tesla systems. And um, so that was kind of our, our introduction into the EV market. And that's when we started kind of spending a lot of time trying to understand where the market's going and, and the timeline. And that's when we kind of thought, hey man, this is a, this is a, uh, a market that's coming in a very significant way. And no one is focused on the infrastructure. Um, so that gave us a nice path to kind of come in and in very short order, I mean, we're the third largest network in the country. And we did that in about a year. So anyway, it was kind of a business decision. Hey, there's a huge opportunity here. We think it's a better opportunity in the short term than solar. And we just ran with it. And that's kind of where we are today. Well, let's talk a little bit about green energy. Like, why are you so attracted to it? What are some of the benefits that you see? You know, besides, um, you know, the, the climate benefits to electric vehicles and they're myriad. They also, there also are some problems, you know, to mine the rare earth materials for the batteries, as an example, is not a clean process. Um, but on balance, um, environmentally, it's literally the best thing you can do because transportation adds, I don't know what the number is, but 30 to 40% of, of all CO2 emissions comes from transportation that actually might be higher. So this in one fell swoop is going to solve a lot of these climate kind of change issues. But from a um, more from a business perspective, we know that electric vehicles are the future, at least in the next 20 years, the future of transportation. And there, there's no other technology that's going to leapfrog it in the next 20 years. And we know that the continued kind of development of combustion and engine vehicles is going away. I mean, the largest manufacturer of these engines, Continental AG, or one of them in Germany, just said we're no longer doing uh, combustible engines. Just tells you kind of where this is going. And it's a better product. So it's faster, it's cheaper to operate. Yeah, There's you have only to do the oil changes, yeah. And the cost to fuel it is so significantly less than gasoline that it's going to be a very quick transformation. I think it's going to be like the flip phone to the, to the smartphone. Um, it's going to happen pretty quickly. And so from a business perspective, it's like, this is awesome. We're in a market that's about to take off. It's very nascent. I mean, what we're doing, obviously, we're the third largest in the country and we're very small. So not a lot of people are, are doing this yet, but they will be. But it's just where the future is going for transportation. It's just as simple as that. 
I don't know if you know off the top of the hand if you need a map or something, but is there like some specific examples of like road trips that you are aware of that people, you know, could take uh, in Oklahoma, uh, like Route 66 or something that uh, you like to point out or highlight? Totally. So we have, um, we have chargers on, um, on Route 66. We would love to turn Route 66 into an EV highway where we've been talking with like the Oklahoma Chamber and, and all kinds of, of cool things. Um, but, you know, in Oklahoma, you can go to, uh, I think, from Broken Bow to um, Guymon, and you'll have uh, access to a charger. You might have to drive, you know, 10, 20 miles out of the way to access it because we just simply don't have enough in Oklahoma yet. This is really kind of the first phase of building out the network. But anyone can drive anywhere in Oklahoma now, and you'll never be stuck on the side of the road. What would you like people to know about your business that they may be surprised to learn about? Um, you know, I, I, I think people are surprised that, you know, a startup in Oklahoma was able to install literally 225 superchargers across Oklahoma. That's never been done before. Our largest competitors, you know, are definitely not doing 250 charging stations a year. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, we're just one data point, but Oklahoma really has, and, you know, I preach this to everyone that will listen, we have this unique kind of ability or position where we could be the EV capital of the world, um, both in terms of the technology. So there's a lot of technology in these chargers. It's mostly software based mm -hmm. technology. Um, we have, the manufacturing capabilities to do it here. We have cheap electricity, cheap land. We weren't able to get Tesla, but there's a whole host of other companies besides Tesla that are, you know, looking, particularly for a state that already has a network because it's easier to sell cars into that state. Mm -hmm. So that's, we're talking to a bunch of manufacturers um, to set up some manufacturing here, whether it be, you know, kind of assembling it or fabricating it or testing it or commissioning it or whatever, all that needs to be done in the supply chain and why not do it in Oklahoma, particularly with our, um, our uh, kind of platform to build this out in the heartland. Our biggest competitors aren't really focused on the heartland. They're focused on California and New York and Texas. These kind of smaller states they're not really focused on. So, you know, there's a unique ability for an Oklahoma company to go build out what will be the largest EV network in the country, which I think is pretty cool. The best part you find about being a business here in Oklahoma? Well, there's a lot of things. One is I think we have a good labor force. It's not perfect, but it's better, um, I think, than some other states, particularly when you talk about the trades you know, electrical, civil, engineering. Oklahoma is very, very good at that. And, and that's in part kind of why we were able to build out so many stations in Oklahoma in a 12 month period is because of that network of great trades that are here in Oklahoma. I would say kind of ease of transactions, pretty easy to get permitting, pretty easy to kind of develop 
um, projects, which other states, you know, California is an example, it could take you a year to get a permit back from, you know, some regulatory agency. So we're fortunate in Oklahoma, we didn't have those impediments. So we were able to kind of build it out very quickly. I think there's a great entrepreneurial community here. Um, it's got a long way to go. You know, we're not Austin, we're not Nashville, but the potential is there. And I think, you know, as more and more entrepreneurs come into this market and realize the benefit of Oklahoma, you know, we, we have the potential to really create this, you know, um, entrepreneurial community, which, you know, doesn't exist in a lot of states. Yeah, I would say, you know, those are three pretty good ones. Yeah, no, uh, potential of Oklahoma from people I've interviewed is really a common theme I've, I've learned about. Uh, so it's always nice to hear that, you know, there's a lot of potential here in Oklahoma. It's very moldable in some aspects and it can be quite easy to get things done around here too. I get, it, I get, it, it, yeah, it really can, it's true. I guess before we kind of wrap this up, is there anything else you wish to share with uh, the people? Anything else you'd like to kind of maybe give a hint or teaser about your presentation? We're rolling out um, a, uh, an app. So similar to our competitors, you have an app and you can use the app to initiate the charge or uh, get a discount on charges mm -hmm. or do whatever. Um, we are rolling that out because we want to make it very easy for somebody that buys an electric car in Oklahoma. You download the app and now you have access to 225 superchargers in the state. So that, that's pretty exciting. Um, we're working on that and the marketing associated with that, trying to get the word out that, hey, it's okay to buy an electric car now in Oklahoma because you're not going to have range anxiety. So we're, we're kind of working on the, the user interface and how we engage with the driver. We have all these cool ideas for in, in some of our rural um, uh, chargers where let's say someone's charging late at night and they don't want to get out and walk across a highway to go to a quick trip as an example. Mm -hmm. Just you can stay in your car. We'll wife a free, send you a free hotspot and you know, you can use uh, kind of the wireless while you're charging your car. And th that enables a lot of things. One is all of our stations are separately addressed. So if you want to sit in your car and order groceries to your car, mm -hmm. it will come to your car. It's not going to the front door of the Walmart and you have to wait there for somebody to deliver it. It's literally going to come to that charging station. There's so many cool things that we can do with the software that's in the chargers themselves to kind of create this great user experience. So we're working on it. It's not there yet. It's not perfected yet. Um, and so, you know, some of our concern is we have drivers that are out there that are using our stations that might not be having the best experience. Mm -hmm. And we kind of want to let people know, Hey, this is new. This is novel. We're working on the bugs. We're working on the kinks, but, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be great. Just stay patient with us. And then here's what we're doing to help the user experience. Yeah. And we're, we're continuing. So this year we're building out a hundred more stations, um, but they, they might not be totally unique stations. We mm -hmm. might be upgrading a bunch of existing stations. Um, and we'll continue to do that over the next couple of years until Oklahoma has, you know, basically can take care of every car on the road that it needs to. 
Nice. Um, and that's certainly the case today, but as people start buying EVs in the next couple of years, that's not going to be the case. So we're, mm -hmm. we're trying to get in front of that and, and build it out before that happens. All right. Well, thank you again. I'm going to let you get back to your day. I appreciate you taking hey. the time to chat with me. Yeah, thanks, Dennis.